You are listening to Locally Sourced Science. Your connection to the scientific discoveries happening in the Finger Lakes community. I'm Esther Rakusin, and you're listening to Locally Sourced Science. In today's show, we highlight the work of local science researchers who are people of color. All three of the scientists study different aspects of how the human immune system responds to pathogens such as bacteria and viruses. Their studies are contributing to a pool of knowledge essential for developing new immune therapies such as vaccines and drugs that can dampen inflammatory immune reactions. First off, you will hear Dr. Scarlett Lee's interview of Dr. Avery August. He is a Howard Hughes Medical Institute Professor of Immunology at the Cornell University College of Veterinary Medicine. He is also the Vice Provost for Academic Affairs at Cornell. During this interview, Dr. August talks about how, as a college student, he first became interested in doing research. He discusses his current research goals, as well as his hopes for helping to increase the diversity of the Cornell faculty. In our second interview, you will hear Candace Limper's conversation with Jessica Elmore, a graduate student in Dr. August's lab. She will talk about her work on understanding the role of immune cells in the development of chronic lung inflammatory disease. Liz Mahood conducts our third interview with Crystal Joy Yiman, a graduate student who is completing her PhD research in the field of developmental immunology. She is a member of the Laboratory of Associate Professor Brian Rudd at the Cornell College of Veterinary Medicine. Let's get to our first interview. Here is Scarlett Lee's interview of Dr. Avery August. Welcome to our interview today. I am Dr. Scarlett Lee, and today I'm talking with Dr. Avery August. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Scarlett. Hello, everyone. My name is Avery August. I'm a professor of immunology at Cornell University in the College of Veterinary Medicine. And today we're just going to talk a little bit broadly about how you got interested in science and what your role is in science today. So to begin, can you just tell us a little bit how you became interested in science? My conscious interest in science actually started probably as a junior in college. But when I reflect back on my educational experiences, I can identify places even before high school where I had an interest in science. I would always try different experiments around, you know, my backyard or in the woods or elsewhere. And when I think about it, I think what I was expressing there was, a, was an interest in trying to understand how things work, which is how my interests evolved. But my overt interest um, really came about when I interacted with a former professor of organic chemistry at my undergraduate institution at Cal State LA, who basically asked me, um, what I was interested in doing after I graduated. And then I really thought about it. 
um, and he introduced me to the concept of being able to do research for a living. What happened after that? Did you immediately decide to pursue a PhD after college or? Well, no, I didn't immediately think about the PhD. At that point, I still had very little knowledge about the whole process. And the first step, uh, he introduced me to a faculty member who did research and who uh, were, worked with undergraduate students in their laboratory. And this was actually in the chemistry department. In getting access to doing undergraduate research, then I started to really um, get a feel for what research was like and really enjoyed it and had many conversations with my professors and mentors who started to tell me about you know, what the PhD is and how do you go about doing that and what you can do with a PhD. Um, and so that's when I really became engaged. And in my senior year is when I decided that I would apply to grad school and get a PhD. So what did your PhD research focus on? So my PhD research focused on immunology and actually what I, what I ended up doing for my PhD thesis was to study how T cells get activated. When I started my research work, this was something that um, was being highly debated. You know, there are some signals that T cells receive that it's antigen specific, that is specific for a particular pathogen or, or bacteria, but they also require other signals for them to be fully activated and generated immune response. The title of my thesis was on the two signal hypothesis for T cell activation. And what I discovered was that the molecular basis or partially this partial molecular basis for why T cells needed two different signals for them to be activated, an antigen specific signal and then what's called a co-stimulatory signal. And this was uh, something that wasn't known before. So after you finished your PhD, I'm guessing you went on to do a postdoc? After I finished my PhD, I had to make a decision about what I wanted to do next. And so I, um, I decided that I would do a postdoc, which I did at the Rockefeller University. And I switched gears and started to work in research, also in, in signal transduction, that is understanding how cells decide to do what they want to do. But here now, uh, working on cancer biology, how do cells become cancerous? And it turns out that there are similar signaling processes that cancer cells use for their growth as T cells use for getting activated. Now you have your own research group at Cornell. What does your research group focus on now? So it's sort of kind of interesting that my research group focuses on areas of research that is very analogous to what I did for my PhD thesis. So as a postdoc, I changed research direction a bit and started working in cancer biology, but it made me realize that I really enjoyed working on immunology. And so when I had an opportunity to set up my research lab as an independent investigator, I continue to work on the molecular basis for why T cells get activated. And so now what we do is we study, in essence, how do T cells decide how they're going to respond in immune, in, during an immune response? So T cells can either respond and become inflammatory and make what are called inflammatory cytokines. And that's really important for clearing certain bacterial infections or viral infections. But in the context of autoimmune disease, that can lead to pathology and, and autoimmune disease. And so they also have to turn off their immune, the immune response. So they have to make what are called anti-inflammatory cytokines. And those cytokines actually act to turn off the immune system. And so the immune response is a balance between being turned on and making inflammatory cytokines and being turned off and making anti-inflammatory cytokines in, in most cases. And so what we study is what is the molecular basis for that decision that cells will make? 
how do they decide whether it will become inflammatory or anti-inflammatory? And so we use mouse models of human disease to study that, mostly lung inflammation models. We use flu infections, bacterial infections like hysteria. We study lung inflammation like allergic asthma and hypersensitivity pneumonitis, among others, in order to understand how the immune system balances the two, these two signals. Thanks for that description of your work. So in addition to having your own research group at Cornell, you're also working in administration now too, right? That's correct. And how did you decide to, to move to that role or what made you become motivated to, to work in administration? As my career has evolved, as I've been promoted from assistant professor, starting to getting, you know, setting up my lab, to being tenured, to being a full professor, I've progressively taken on other roles in in areas that I thought were really important. And, and so those areas tend to be more administratively focused. I started off leading small teams of other faculty members and pulling together collaborative research. And then I became the director of a center that did collaborative research. And then I became a chair of a department here at Cornell uh, in, the, in the vet college, um, sort of leading, leading that department. And more recently, I'm now the vice provost of academic affairs, among other administrative roles. And each role has been progressively increased and focuses on bigger and bigger things. So, you know, as a faculty member, I sort of pulled faculty together. As a chair, you know, you have you lead the department. And now as vice provost, I, I sort of lead and, and oversee a number of initiatives that have institutional impact. And for me, the important thing is trying to do something to make a difference for wherever institution I'm in. And so I've gradually done those things. That's also a, a very interesting story. And so what are you most excited about for the future of your research or your job at administration now? So on, on the research side, uh, you know, the, the thing that really excites me is we're starting to get a, an understanding of why the immune system responds in the way it does. And in getting that understanding, we're able to reveal potential targets for either therapy or manipulation that could allow us to manipulate the immune system so we can actually dictate how the immune system will respond depending on whether it's a virus, a bacteria, a fungi, or during autoimmune disease. And one of the things that I'm really hopeful for is that over the years, some of our discoveries have been taken up by companies who have now developed potential compounds that can target some of these pathways. My hope is one day that there will be some drugs that come out of, uh, or some approaches for therapeutics that come out of our research. I will say that that has already happened uh, in part in, in one area where there's a, a drug on the market called mepolizumab, which targets eosinophils during allergic asthma. And we did some work uh, earlier on to try to understand that process. And of course, there are many people who contribute to these findings. You know, I'm, I'm pleased that some of our work at least uh, went towards the understanding of allergic asthma that allowed the companies to be able to develop those approaches. Um, so that's on the research side. On the administrative side, I'm really hopeful about having institutional impact um, on the diversity of our faculty, on some of the initiatives that we have to address the climate here at Cornell, both in the institution and our department. And also uh, in terms of uh, making faculty more successful here at Cornell when we recruit them and in terms of retaining and in terms of enhancing their careers. So these are all the things that I'm really excited about in the future. Well, thank you so much. Those are all very exciting things and I, uh, we all can't wait to see what happens at Cornell. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. August. Uh, my pleasure. It was a pleasure talking to you, Scarlett. 
You are listening to Locally Sourced Science. If you would like to tell us about some local science news, tweet at us at FLX Science Radio. Or send us an email at science at gmail.com. You can check out our podcast at LocallySourcedScience.org. At that site, you can subscribe to new episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast apps. Now, here is Candace Limper's interview with graduate student Jessica Elmore. Hi, everybody. My name is Candace Limper, and today you're going to hear an interview with an aspiring immunologist. Hi, everyone. My name is Jessica Elmore. I'm a fifth-year PhD candidate at Cornell University in the Department of Microbiology and Immunology, and I'm in the laboratories of Dr. Avery August and Ankur Singh. Awesome. So what do you do in these two labs? I'm trying to connect immunology and biomedical engineering to design different methods for treating chronic inflammatory diseases. So what kind of inflammatory diseases are you researching? So my interest lies in lung inflammatory diseases because they are one of the top 10 causes of death worldwide. And because it affects those who are economically disadvantaged and a lot of the treatments for these diseases only lessen the symptoms and not really get rid of the actual cause of the disease. So what are the main players that you're interested in looking at in terms of this disease? So the main player of the particular disease that I study are immune cells. And so these immune cells have an overreaction to a bacteria that is normally non-pathogenic. And when someone inhales this bacteria, it gets deposited into the lungs. And there could be an inflammatory feedback loop that eventually damages the person's lungs, which makes it really hard for them to breathe. And this individual always have this type of reaction whenever they encounter this bacteria. So what's the name of this bacteria? So the name of the bacteria is Acropolyosporia rectovirgulia. That is abbreviated as SR. So what kind of immune cells are wreaking havoc when they're exposed to this SR? We have these immune cells called TH17 cells. And their main function is to recruit neutrophils, which are the first responders to any infection in our body that happens. And they also help defend against bacteria. But in the case of a person who is hypersensitive to SR, these TH17 cells kind of go into overdrive. And all they do is produce IL-17A. And IL-17A is a pro-inflammatory protein. And its main function is to, again, defend against bacteria and also recruit neutrophils, which also can defend against bacteria and produce pro-inflammatory proteins. And so you can imagine that when a person inhales these bacteria, you know, over and over again, that there's the cycle of TH17 cells making IL-17 and then the neutrophils come in and also make IL-17. And then it just happens over and over again. And eventually, 
it manifests itself into shortness of breath for a patient. And so when they go into the hospital setting and they realize they developed this type of disease, there's nothing they can really do about it. And so we're trying to understand how these immune cells work and how we can lessen their pro-inflammatory capabilities so individuals won't receive lung damage. That sounds like an exciting project. How did you get involved? So I got into this project because um, I had a fascination with how our immune system and bacteria coexist together. And our immune system is like really smart in how that there is good bacteria and bad bacteria and they can kind of tell which one's which. And so understanding what happens when... I like to call it the immune cells get confused for um, good bacteria and think it's a bad bacteria. And just like understanding that type of dynamic is what got me interested in this project. If people are interested in learning more about your research or have questions, where can they find you? So you can find me on LinkedIn at JNPE. Thank you, Jessica, and I look forward to see what your future holds in terms of your research and your future career. Thank you. Hello, Locally Sourced Science listeners. I'm Liz Mahood, and today I'm interviewing Christelle Joy Yeman. Christelle, soon to be Dr. Yeman, is a graduate student in the Rudd Lab in Cornell's Department of Immunology. She hails from the Caribbean, and as such, she has enjoyed activities that Ithacans can only wistfully dream about in the winter, such as waterfall hiking and coral leaf snorkeling. As an immunologist, Christelle's research focuses on the genetic differences controlling the immune response in infants versus adults. In this interview, Christelle will mention T-cells and CD8 cells, which are a particular type of T-cell. These cells are important components of the human immune response as they directly kill virus-infected cells as well as cancerous cells. In this interview, Christelle will discuss how her research can improve the immune response of newborns, as well as what factors were important for her in choosing a university in which to do graduate work in STEM. Here's Christelle. So Christelle, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Uh, My first question is, could you just tell us a bit about your research? What do you do in the Red Lab? Perfect. Um, Well, firstly, thank you for having me. Um, I love a chance to talk about my work. Um, I've been working at it for quite a long time. It's been a long five years for this PhD. So any opportunity to chat about it, I will take. Um, So my work is essentially, well, my lab in general, we're focused on developmental immunology. So we look at the immune response, but on the far spectrum of early life. So we're trying to uncover the unknown aspects of the neonatal or the infant immune response. And we typically um, study CD8 positive T cells, which is a specific type of T cell. My work, um, so several different people in our lab work on several different aspects of it. And I look at, given the fact that the immune response early in life is incredibly different compared to an adult in that in some ways it's impaired. So for example, when you administer a vaccine to a newborn baby, there's actually quite a lot of limitations to what you can and cannot do. 
So there's actually no vaccine that can be administered at birth. And okay. most of the vaccines in the current vaccine regime, as outlined by the um, World Health Organization, they're being administered essentially after one to six months of life, and they require several boosters. So mm-hmm. why is that? Why is it that the immune response in a baby um, is impaired or immature in a certain way? So this is what we study. We study um, the neonatal immune system. And I study exactly how genes regulate why this is so, why neonatal um, T-cells are just different in terms of their response. Yeah, Yeah, Um, that's a really interesting question. Yes, so I tweak, I have these really interesting um, novel techniques that I've developed in my lab um, that I use to sort of modify a baby's T-cells, human and mouse. I use both models in lab. Um, and try to figure out how can we make it better? Um, how can we modify it? So, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's pretty much um, what I do. Uh-huh. I, my, the work that I do is sort of crossing fields. So I do bio, a little bit of bioengineering. Cool. Um, and I, lo- I do a little bit of novel biochemical assays. So mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in lab optimizing new ways to make T-cells that have been um, T-cells from early on in life, um, essentially just make them in two ways better. Better at forming something called immunological memory. And immunological memory is the ability of the immune response to recognize a pathogen upon re-encounter. Can I just interject and ask, are are there a lot of perhaps diseases or illnesses out there that um, young babies can get repeatedly, whereas adults can't get them repeatedly. They only get them once. Is that well, more like um, there isn't a specific disease that babies um, compared to adults can get repeatedly, okay. but just the way that we respond to it is quite different from a baby to an adult. So a lot of things like, you know, if it's influenza, um, measles, mumps, rubella, tetanus, varicella, um, you can get it at any age, but you just want to make sure that you have the best fighting chance, um, depending on whatever age, whether you're a baby or whether you're an adult. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this, this really cool way that I've sort of been able to introduce genetic material into a T-cell to modify the way that it will respond to activation. So... So you can you can use that system then to mimic how a baby would respond. Yes. Versus an adult. Versus an adult. So I I use two ways to do this um, to introduce genetic material into T cells mm-hmm. to either improve its immunological memory or number two to improve its killing ability or its cytotoxic capacity. So, okay. I modify two different forms of a T-cell response on either end, either it's a baby's T-cell or an adult T-cell. And I use something called a silica nanoneedle wafer. So I I essentially have developed a bed of nanoneedles that Uh can insert genetic material into T-cells and change their function. Wow. So Um, you are literally taking DNA and inserting it. Yes, well, I'm actually taking a special, well, it's not DNA, but RNA in this okay. case. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. a special type of non-coding RNA that's found in our genomes. Okay. And I 
inserting it into T cells and getting it to either have a more memory-like um, function so that upon re-encounter with the pathogen, the organism has a better fighting chance mm-hmm. or make it a better effector or have, it, have a better cytotoxic ability. And, in, and that is be- that's best in the context of something like cancer. Um, if you want to eliminate something like a, something foreign besides the pathogen, also in the context of tumor cells. That's pretty amazing. So, so my next question is more about you as a researcher. What are, what are some things that led you to Cornell specifically to pursue your research at Cornell? Yeah. So I, why Cornell? Now, I wanted to do my PhD at an institution that... I wasn't just another name on a list. I wanted to go to a place where they would really invest in me as an individual and invest in my future. Um, So Cornell, you know, there were just so many things that really threw me to. For example, there was the BEST program, um, (laughs) which really, you know, it gave you more insight into what you can do with your PhD. Because I think a lot of training, trainees, or mm-hmm. you know, rising immunologists, well, not just immunologists, but PhDs in general, you know, you think that you have to go through the typical, oh, well, you get, you do, you get your PhD, you do a postdoc, you go into academia, become a PI. But there's mm-hmm. so much more you can do on the mm-hmm. spectrum of what you can do with your PhD. And I really wanted to know what I, the power of my PhD. And I felt like the BEST program really brought that to the forefront. Besides the BEST program, um, I just love the the level of diversity within my um, department and within Mm -hmm. my program. You could tell that this program was really pushing to make it more a diverse and inclusive environment. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that. I had interviewed at several places and I didn't feel really comfortable being someone of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also an immigrant, I'm from the Caribbean. So I just really wanted, I didn't want to be just part of a program. I wanted to feel like I was part of a family. And there were so many opportunities. Like I got to be a graduate student ambassador, you know, I got to do a lot of community outreach with the, um, the Cancer Resource Center in Ithaca. And of course, the biggest incentive was my lab. I loved my lab. I loved um, Cornell and my mentor. His, it, was just, it was just a great combination of things. It's, yeah, super cool. Yeah, so thank you so much, so much for talking with us today and sharing your story and your research. Uh, thank you so much, Elizabeth. It was nice chatting with you. You just heard our interview with Christelle Joy Guimon, an immunology graduate student at Cornell studying how our body's T-cells are genetically regulated and how this regulation changes as we age. The techniques that Christelle has developed in her graduate studies have exciting implications in vaccine research, as most of the current vaccines target B-cells rather than the T-cells that Christelle studies. Christelle plans to further develop these techniques throughout her career. The next career steps for her are receiving postdoctoral training and after a medical degree, which will allow her to conduct clinical trials to study the immune response. I'm Liz Mahood, and you're listening to Locally Sourced Science. I'm Esther Rakusin, and you've been listening to Locally Sourced Science. I produce today's show. 
Scarlett Lee produced the interview with Dr. Avery August, and Candice Limper conducted the interview with graduate student Jessica Elmore. Liz Mahood produced the interview with grad student Crystal Joy Yiman. Our theme music is from Joe Lewis, and other music is by Blue Dot Sessions and Ben Jordan. You can find all of our archive shows and subscribe to our podcast at locallysourcedscience.org. And don't forget to tweet at us at FLX Science Radio. Tune in for our next show on Tuesday, July 21st. Science out.